I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. You are listening to a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. How OYO is being built out, you really are using capitalism mode there. You know, it is very defensible. I mean, let's face it, you raised a billion dollars and now you have this major promoter financing happening and you also have the blessings of SoftBank. Of course, one will assume that. Something that I want to try and talk a little bit about, uh, that is capital as a moat, because this is generally the perception that exists. I believe fundamentally, companies that receive capital long term are dependent on performance and the value they create. And I would like to take uh, 30 more seconds and talk a little bit more deeper about it. Sure. If the companies which claim that capital is the only reason or one of the primary reasons why OYO is able to make a difference, they could have gone raised capital as well. And capital is not raised on the back of um, anything but past performance along with unique competencies of the business. So I would like to make sure that um, you know the, the credit of OYO's impact should be given to the 20,000 plus OYOpreneurs on the ground fighting every day, uh, uh, just you know using the excuse of saying that because we were able to raise capital, the companies don't raise capital if they don't create value. They might create temporary capital once in a while, but long-term sustainable capital attraction comes from performance. And that's something that we are absolutely committed to. We've, uh, we, were, we had tough days and you know uh, multiple outlets wrote about us. And at that point of time, also SoftBank was a shareholder. Uh, it's not as if we were winning then, but we improved our processes. We got our company in order. And in the last three years, we are today uh, making a bigger impact than we ever had. So that's very important. That is, uh, you know, of course, companies need the resources, but the ability to attract resources consistently only comes with long-term performance. Uh, that's our learning about you know the expansion plans you spoke about this big vision getting to china and you kept on sort of mentioning this that you really improved your processes and your high performance path in india give us some sense there of your yeah. trajectory yeah. you know and then we can just sort of pan it out to expansion plans uh, oyo is now increasingly a global company so you can find an oyo hotel in himachal pradesh Sichuan uh, in China, in the center of Jakarta, in the center of London, or even in a village in Iceland or a village in Italy or in the United States. So if I were to break down our revenues worldwide, roughly a third of our revenue is India, a third of our revenue would be China, 20% or one fifth of our revenue would be United States and Europe. And then the rest of the revenue would be Southeast Asia and Middle East. So it's truly a global company with um, an ability of being able to make a positive difference in India, China, United States, Europe, Southeast Asia, uh, Middle East, which are some of the most impactful geographies worldwide. Now, the reason why we've been able to get there is because of our four secret sauces. The first one is traditional hotels take months or years to be able to make a decision that which building they should procure. Oyo Hotels is able to make decisions real time 
that what will be the revenue, what will be the cost, what will be the operating margin, and hence be able to give uh, the, 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 the potential proposal to the asset owner to join our chain. The second one is our renovation. We renovate our assets very quickly while using data sites, like we were just talking about a little while earlier, that we know what interior design gives us the best increase in revenue. The third is operating of assets. We operate our assets by means of over 14 oil skill institutes which run in India, by which we've given jobs to over 100,000 young people in India who come and work at our hotels to deliver the right service. That is because of which over 90% of OYO's revenue is repeat or word of mouth. Hence, you don't see OYO on television, but our <laughs> occupancies keep rising. And the fourth is yield management. We change our prices over 60 million times a day, which ensures that we are getting the best yield per square feet across our ecosystem. Making it very simple, we know how to get a building at the right price, which is sustainable, renovate it fast, operate it well, and fill it up. These are four things that we understand, which is very special, that allows us to be able to grow so quickly. We're still loss-making right now. So is there a path to profitability or intention to be profitable is a more important question I wanted to ask you. Sure, look, I think, uh, you know, the two answers directly on profitability. The first one is our past record shows. For the last three years consistently, we've been cutting our losses by 50%. And let me make that slightly more easier. Our buildings, at a building level, we are able to make some margin. And that margin, if it continues growing to significant scale, that will lead to operating efficiency leading to profit. Do we have a guidance of the timeline we will get to profit? Maybe we will not be able to share that. But as a company, we believe to the extent we keep being able to bring assets, provide a good quality of service and get the occupancy, and make sure customers keep coming back, we will eventually be profitable. And my second question really is about this culture. You know, I could just see you're being pulled into all directions. One day you have here, and now you have this global operation. So how do you maintain this one company, one culture, one ambition? It's really like talking about the Amazon philosophy, one planet, one e-commerce. Yeah. So, and you have a vision almost like that. So how do you maintain this culture semblance throughout? Culture is built when you recruit people, when you appreciate people and when you tell people what they should be doing to be appreciated or be more successful. I think a lot of times you'd see that the walls of most companies look roughly the same. Yeah. But the difference in companies, because they all write the same uh, statements, but the difference is who takes those statements and puts them in execution in these three important sessions. And that's what OYO genuinely deeply takes a lot of interest in. Now, with the ability of being able to make sure in these three situations, we make a standard culture worldwide. Of course, we have to be respectful to each geography's different cultural boundaries that the country has, but OYO having its own culture has to mash up uh, with, with, with that. And uh, with that view in mind, I think what we've been able to see is there are two primary things that enable us to make it happen. First is great leadership bandwidth. One is the ability to make sure that you're highly engaged. So I spend a lot of time being engaged with our people in sharing the learnings about what works, what doesn't work. And sometimes, even if I know they're going to make a mistake, I let them make a mistake if it is small, because people learn by making mistakes better than you just telling them. And that has also been a very positive difference. So sorry about the long perspective, <laughs> but the short answer is good teams Good teams and good teams is okay. the only way of building great culture. So what are expansion plans, for instance, where do you go from here and give us the exit scenario. It really looks like that you are pre prepped for a listing, right? I think the growth continues to be very attractive. Our company is growing four and a half times uh, on, uh, uh, you know, uh, some billions of dollars of revenue run rate, uh, which, is, uh, which is a fairly significant scale. 
but from our perspective, we're less than 1% done uh, when we think about better lifestyle for 3.2 billion people worldwide. So our goal today is very mission and business performance focused. We are not focused on uh, what will be the other scenarios. So what are your revenues like right now? Sorry to interject. So last time we uh, publicly disclosed, uh, which is a couple of months back, our revenues would be close to three billion. And in terms of listing, give us some sense on that. Look, we have a, a strong balance sheet. Uh, I hope the regulators will approve my, um, uh, you know, uh, investment also very soon. So we'll, our balance sheet will further increase. Now, with that size of balance sheet and a clear plan, I think we're only going to be focused on business performance uh, rather than uh, you know, any of the other things. There's, you know. There's no reason to consider uh, a potential listing right now. One thing, Ritesh, you know, one has always wanted to understand this entire concept about circle of competence, right? Your core really is hotels and inventory management. But now you're getting into co-working spaces. There are reports about you getting into coffee businesses. I'm not sure how true they are. But are you trying to get out of your circle of competence? And is it also driven by the fact that you have such high valuations and you have to keep justifying the growth story to your investors. I want to understand this. So there are two parts. I think the first one is largest parts of our revenues are our core businesses, as we call OYO hotels and homes. So that continues to be the case. So let me, uh, I'm starting by answering your second question saying that, sure. hey, does this help your valuation? It doesn't because valuation is linked to your potential uh, free cash flow in the long term and your free cash flow is linked to what businesses are your biggest business. So that's one and those businesses continue to grow very aggressively. But the next question, I completely agree with your point that companies should be focused on the circle of competence. But the circle of competence that the companies have rather than what people make it out to be. We have four key competencies. Ability to get real estate at the right price, renovate it well, operate it good, and fill it up. Something I have been saying for the last four years. But invariably, people still assume that our competence is hotels. Now, what does, what does that mean? We run the leading banqueting company in India. We run the leading co-living company in India. In all of these, there are four things you need to do. You need to go and get the real estate for the right price. You've got to renovate it fast and operate it well and fill it up. That's essentially what we're doing. You know, you are kind of 25, right? And you're, you're growing at such hyper growth. Does it sort of get like boring or intimidating at times? No, I guess it helps because you know that you have enough period to be able to make sure that you see the impact of the growth. Uh, but you know, that said, I think uh, my personal view is I have never felt like when I'm in a room, whether I'm uh, a certain age, I think uh, in, in OYO's meeting rooms or even external meeting rooms, I've always felt like age is just really a number. So now I want to understand from you, you know, like two key learnings that you have had in your OYO journey. What would that really be? You know, two things. Uh, uh, it's hard to say because there's so many of them. <laughs> to prioritize. The first learning that I have is making sure that when you have an opportunity, always use the perspective of risk versus regret because opportunities knock your doors only a few times. If you don't take it, you can't blame others for it, which means that a lot, lot of times I look back and I feel that when we were going to launch in China, our management had lots of discussions and everybody came to the view that we should go into it. But I was still worried in my heart saying that, should we try and do that? India's doing very well. We have a long way to go. And then, you know, the global expansion ever since. I think our learning in the early days was if we executed in China and we did not do well, maybe we will learn a lesson or two. But if we did well, that was great. 
But if we did not try at all, we will always have regret that why did, why, why did we not try at all? So that's one. The second thing that I've learned is perseverance. Great companies are not built in the night. It takes many, many years of effort. And my belief has been there is always light at the end of the tunnel if you have sincere effort for many, many years. And I'm committed to making that effort for many, many years. Interesting. So now it's time for rapid fire, quick answers, Ritipesh Agarwal. That's hard for me. <laughs> no. So my first question to you is that if you were to go back in time and change anything about Oyo journey, what would that be? I would change nothing. To start Oyo in 2019, what would really change? I think uh, it's a hard one. Uh, what would really change if we started Oyo in 2019? I think I would bring my team sooner together. When you're thinking about innovation, you know, how sort of you think about that as a philosophy at OYO, you know, future, yeah. keeping an eye on that and innovation at present. How do you marry the so both? So when you meet OYO leaders across the floors here uh, or any of OYO's offices, you'll hear an interesting word called micro-innovation. The reason why we believe that micro-innovation is something that we genuinely believe is a, is a very valuable attribute here at OYO is because we are constantly thinking that great innovations are not just one big thing that changes everything. Great innovations are many small things combined to make a big difference. So Ritesh, if you were to give like one advice to Bhavish at Ola, that how he can perhaps strike that magical relationship with Masa, what would that be? So two answers, not one. Uh, the first one is, I think that uh, Bhavish already has a great relationship with Masa. And second, uh, you know, my relationship is like any other entrepreneur in the portfolios. Are you on a phone call with Masa? Like, how accessible you are to them? I think, uh, like any other entrepreneur, I could uh, write to Sonsen explaining about why I would like to reach out, and then I would have the ability to uh, speak to him if there is something that really needs his time. Creating long term and sustainable value, Ritesh puts it. That's a wrap up on the Startup Diary. So, I'll see you next. Goodbye and good luck. Thank you, Ritesh. Thank you. Thank you, Shrija. I really enjoyed this. <laughs> This was a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.